What about tonight? Uh, tonight, just relaxing, enjoying, and, uh, just you know, being with the being with the team and, and, and family, and uh, enjoying this moment. It's a big moment for everybody, especially in boxing. Too. It's a big moment for boxing. Yeah, would you want to say something about what it means for a sport to have the spotlight on the unboxing like this night? Uh, tonight was a great night for boxing overall. This is a this is why boxing is exciting. The heavyweight division is the big granddaddy division of them all. This division made boxing, and uh, this fight here tonight was spectacular, and it also made boxing. And you're gonna make Tyson even better. He's already better. But yeah, the plan <laughs> is to keep getting better. A day without learning is a day like not like not living. How much, of, how much of what you taught him did he retain and did you see in the fight tonight? Uh, that was all of it. He, he, he was able to pick up on everything you taught, you taught him? Yeah, pretty much. That was, uh, that was for the time that we had, that was it, yeah. So what's next? What's the next, uh, next step in I can't tell y'all what we're going to do next. Yeah, come on, you got to add, what's add to, what do you add to the pot? What do you add, add to more the power to it, add more to it. It's always room for improvement. Okay, Stri strictly technique that's going to improve this punch More power, more technique, more <laughs> ring IQ, more everything. Maybe, maybe we add on some more weight too. Jay said up there that he, he wouldn't have thrown in the towel and that Mark, Mark did it. Do you think it was the right decision, the right time for that? Um, I, I, if, I, if you I, were in that position? I can't really say that. It was a decision made by their corner, uh, Mark Breland, and um, you know, he could see Deontay Wilder better than I could. I'm in the other corner paying attention to Tyson Fury, not Deontay Wilder. So they're up closer in his face and they can see his reaction. And they have a more personal relationship with him to know if he's performing normally or not. That's not my decision. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Really. Were you surprised Wilder didn't have a response to the aggressiveness that Tyson said he was going to show and it came in the ring showing? Um, I, I don't know what to expect. Uh, I know Wilder's a great fighter. Uh, he's got more tools than people give him credit for. His jab was, his jab was popping tonight. And, uh, Tyson was just a better man tonight. Well, congratulations on your After job. the first Thank knockdown, it didn't seem like Wilder had the same power as the first two rounds. Though. Did you see like his legs kind of going? I just saw Wilder, you know, that the pressure being put on him and uh, just was hoping he would continue to break down, and that's what happened. He landed a couple clean shots, but Tyson barely even moved. What do you think um, Anthony Joshua would have thought watching that? What do I think? What? what do you think Anthony Joshua would have thought watching that performance tonight? Probably wow. Like everybody else, like wow. Who would expect that? Like, that's what we've been saying all along. So, it wasn't a secret, and uh, that's the way he'll fight from now on. Out of all the fighters you've trained and fights you've been in, where does this rank amongst the most satisfying? Top three. Uh, yeah, I mean. Top three, I just leave it at that. Yeah, that's, that's, that's but I mean, it's, it's, it's even more special tonight because the uh, seventh round it means a lot more to me. Emmanuel's birthday was due by uh, July 7th. 77 and then that's the other seven right there. Blazing sevens. Wow, yeah. Well, congratulations. <laughs>
Yeah, you're like Cher. Coogan Cassius here with Dana White. Dana, what have we just witnessed there? He looked incredible tonight, man. He, he I, I, you know, I liked him to, to outbox him, but not like that. Holy shit. He, uh, he absolutely dominated him the entire time. And he had power tonight, hurt him with every shot. And uh, he looked incredible. He, he said he was going to knock him out. He said he was going to go for that knockout. But no one really believed him. They thought it would be a points win if you was to win. But he did shock yeah. a lot of people in that. Yeah, he did it, man. I, I didn't believe it either. I didn't. I didn't think that. Uh, I, I absolutely. I bet Fury tonight. So I, I bet on him. I thought that he would win. I thought that he would outbox him. I didn't think he'd knock. Although I did have. I had rounds. I had rounds. Uh, 10, 9, 10, 11, 12 for knockout. And uh, we were close. A word on Wilder. What did you think? What's that? A, a word on Deontay Wilder, though. Yeah, he's tough as tough as yeah. fucking tough can be. Broken eardrum, kept fighting, was mad that the corner stopped. It was a great fight. Good night, fight. Get him in the UFC, Thank you. Coogan Cassius, IFL TV, Vandy Lee. I know you're in a bit of a rush, but just sum that up for me, Andy. Perfect. Devastating and perfect performance. No one believed him, or no one believed you guys, but you guys at your gym trained to knock people out. Yeah, yeah that's, that's what we do. And he had, he had a game plan, and he executed it per perfectly. Keep pressure on Wilder. Jay, am I bringing these for Educated pressure where... Whenever he attacks, a step back, but a quick step back and then straight back to him. Just keep breaking him down mentally. At what, at what part of that fight did you think right now? He's After there the third for or fourth round. Yeah. Took those two right hands in the first round. Took them like they were nothing. And I think that broke Wilder's heart slightly. And then when Tyson kept progressing and progressing and progressing, wearing him down physically. Great, great performance. And uh, a great performance. Some people were suggesting that he could have been pulled out even. What do you think about that? Who? Wilder could have been pulled out that far. Well, he eventually was, like, with the towel coming in. Um, but the referee was about to step in any moment. Like, it wasn't, like, it was just systematic breakdown, wasn't it? Yeah. It's great. And Told you, seven, yeah. Andy, 
a lot of pressure on you and, and sugar coming in at seven weeks and, every, yeah, yeah, and all yeah. eyes. If you've gone wrong, yeah, yeah, yeah. you've got blame basically. Yeah, definitely, definitely. We work very hard. We work extremely hard. And one thing about Tyson is he's, he's very teachable, but he's determined to learn and work. What he like, we work and work and work, and he gets frustrated if he's not getting it. But we work and work and work, and that's all it's been of work. And what we did today was no different what he's been doing in the gym every day. Do you think Wilder will take the third fight? I think so. I think so, yeah. I think he has to, doesn't he? He has to. But like, Tyson's still on, still on the ascent. He's only going to improve. He's not even peaked yet. With eight weeks with me and Sugar. Imagine if he had six months. What, what are you going to see? You're going to see it like a six foot nine Thomas Hearns. It was the manner of the win though, wasn't it? I mean, everyone said if Fury wins, it is going to be a points win where he outboxed him. But yeah, and like, but it was just, he imposed himself. Yeah. And see, if you're, if you're fighting somebody and you're side on, it's so inviting. The opponent's going to be aggressive against you because you look defensive. But if you're standing in front of him like this, you look more threatening. You're imposing. He's not gonna. It's not as, as enticing for him to attack you, even though you just you might just be resting there. You look like you're posing a threat, and that would be that would be part of our plan too. Andy Lee, thank you very much for your time. Congratulations. <laughs> I'm making a comeback. <laughs> <laughs> Top man, thank hey, you, mate. Thank A Tyson Fury points win wouldn't have shocked anybody because he nearly won the first fight on points. But to go out there, dominate Deontay Wilder from the opening bell, beat him up every round on the front foot and stop him in seven, that was massively shocking to, I think, most people, particularly to me. Never in a million years did I think Tyson Fury could fight in that particular style and win. I thought that that would be a kamikaze mission by Tyson Fury to fight that way. I thought if he was going to win, it would have to be on the back foot, some hit and hop it job. But one thing I have been saying over the past few months on my channel, made several videos about this, is that all of these heavyweights are going to lose, the top heavyweights. And specifically with regards to Deontay Wilder, He's not going to be able to rely on his punching power to bail him out every time. There's going to be at least one time he goes to call on his punching power to bail him out of a situation and it's not going to be able to. That day was inevitably coming. Now, I didn't necessarily expect it to be against Tyson Fury, but I knew it was going to come against somebody. Why? Because history repeats itself. We saw what happened to Sonny Liston when he fought Muhammad Ali. 
or George Foreman when he fought Muhammad Ali. Now, Sonny Liston had skills, don't get it twisted. But George Foreman was relying on his punching power too much, believed in his punching power too much. When it didn't work against Ali, he had nothing to fall back on. Fell to pieces. Mike Tyson, famously in not only Tokyo against Buster Douglas, but when he fought Holyfield in 96, both times, but particularly the first time, his punching power couldn't bail him out. And Holyfield proved to be the more skilled fighter. In fact, there's a lot of parallels. David Hay mentioned this. There's a lot of parallels between the Holyfield-Tyson fight and the Tyson Fury-Deontay Wilder fight in the sense that it seemed counterintuitive for Holyfield to take the fight to Mike Tyson because that's what he did. He took the fight to him. Seemed counterintuitive. Seemed like a suicide mission. But Holyfield knew what he was doing and obviously Tyson Fury knew what he was doing by taking the fight to Deontay Wilder. And as I say, the punching power couldn't bail Wilder out this time and he didn't have the skills to fall back on. He fell in love with his power to such a degree that he thought it would always be there for him. His fans thought the power would always be there for him. They thought that's all he needed. He kept on saying, yeah, these guys have got to be 100% right for 12 rounds. I've only got to be right for one second or two seconds, however he phrased it. This will be a lesson to a whole new generation of boxing fans not to get too gassed when it comes to punching power. Again, full disclosure, I didn't pick Tyson Fury to win this fight. I thought that coming in at 273 would be too heavy. He wouldn't be able to move and Wilder would catch him. But I've always felt that Wilder was going to lose. I've always felt that all the top heavyweights are going to lose. And I always felt, because I'm a student of the game, been watching this sport for decades, that a time would come when Deontay would not be able to rely on his punching power. Somebody would either be able to take his power and keep coming at him or avoid his power and keep coming at him. So yeah, don't get so gassed on punching power, people, because history shows us you can't rely on it, especially when you've got all these fans so in love with a guy's punching power, focusing so much on his power, that they overlook all the glaring weaknesses in his game. And they just think the power is going to be enough every time. No, it won't be. If it wasn't Fury who got him, down the line, somebody else would have got him. For that same reason, you can't just rely on one big punch in boxing. You need more than that. So, yeah, just a little quick one, people. Let this be a lesson to a whole new generation of fans um, that punch and power, you need a lot more than that in boxing. All right, it's happening. I'm out. Kugan Cassius here with uh, Stitch Duran. Um, unbelievable what yeah. happened tonight. Yeah, I, uh, God, I'm so happy, man. You know, I've been in a lot of great fights in my life, but a lot of great champions and all that. But, you know, this one, it, it's special because because he's special. Yeah. You know, not only as a fighter, but just as a character. And, 
Uh, I'm thrilled. The, Deontay Wilder said, uh, I think it was yesterday, that he heard rumours that Tyson's cut had opened up in sparring. Um, can you make any kind of comment on that? I, I, you're the second one to bring it up. You know, I saw it and uh, I laughed because I was there and I know cuts, you know, so that was a little bit of bull, you know. Uh, trying to be psychological warfare, but uh, he wasn't good at that, man. Mm. You know, I would have did a different approach, you know, and, uh, but now it's no truth to the matter whatsoever. How much of a concern was it to you before that fight started that Wilder would try and attack that cut? And, no, I wasn't I concerned at all because, you know, I work on percentages, on, on contact percentages and all that, and, and for that type of punch that created the cut to happen with Deontay Wilder, it was slim. And, and, uh, but nonetheless, I did preventing maintenance on it and just kind of make sure that nothing swelled up and all that. And, uh, and it was funny because he, he's all full of blood. Deontay Wilder's cut, right? He's all full of blood. And, and one of the guys from uh, uh, at ringside said, hey, he's cut. You know, so I walk in and I look, I clean him up and there's nothing. And I'm wiping him down. I said, oh, it's his blood. You know, <laughs> so, so that was the only work I had to do, man. So I had to, it's nice to have a little day off. What, what, what uh, credit do you give to uh, Sugar Hill Stewart coming you know, in? And I, he was under a lot of pressure because if it hadn't gone right, could have got a lot of the blame. Listen, man, let me tell you, I worked with Emmanuel Stewart for 12 years with the Klitschko, with Vladimir Klitschko, right? I, I worked the corners of Jonathan Banks. I've worked with Sugar Hill before with fighters. They, both Jonathan Banks and Sugar Hill, follow that Emmanuel Stewart training method to the T. So I only got into camp two weeks ago, you know. And, and it was a pleasure to you know walk on in. But what I saw Tyson, or what I saw the game plan that I saw Sugar Hill and Andy Lee put together, Tyson followed it in the gym to the point, and he followed it here to the point. I'm telling you, man, it's I know boxing, bro. You know, and I know good athletes and all that. And I was just so impressed with his offense and his defense, and his mentality, man. Going forward, he's just a good, good guy. Man, I got to tell this story because I think it's important. Is so I meet Tyson Fury, you know, I get called, Bob Arum's talking about me, all these people, and I'm excited, but, you know, I've been in this game long enough to know that unless there's a handshake, we're okay. So they say, Let's, you know, Tyson Fury wants to meet you. So I get to the top rank, and, and first thing he does, puts his hand out and says, welcome to the team. I said, man, right on, bro. Said, straight away. Straight right away. away. Yeah. He said, man, I said, can we take a picture just to solidify it? You know, I'm Mexican, bro. I got to look at all angles, you know. And uh, So you were said, on the team before you'd even said a word to him, basically. Yeah, 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 yeah. Welcome to the team, he says. Yeah. You know, and then he put it out on Instagram, you know. I saw it. The, we saw it, yes. yeah. Yeah, I mean, that, whatever. But I also told him, I said, you know, Tyson, uh, I have sponsors. And you know I had sponsors yeah, with yeah. UFC and all that. But I said, but I have sponsors. And I also have an apparel company called One More Round. And... There we one go. Get round. that in there. Get <laughs> yeah, that in yeah. there. One more round. Yeah. yeah so absolutely. I said, I said, would you mind if I made my outfit to represent your colors? Yeah. And put my sponsors on it. Yeah. Man, he put his hand on my shoulder, and he said, Stitch, you can do whatever you want. Man, what a you know. He didn't have to do that, you know. And for him to be that kind of a person, that's those are the kind of fighters mm. I like work with. Because every fighter fights. Of course. Right. Uh, every fighter fights, but it's the inner soul of what these guys mm. and and you know right off the bat during those conversations initially yeah. you know i told him i said look man my job is for you to walk out of that ring as handsome as you walk in number one <laughs> give you that one more round right i said yeah, but yeah. but most of all like i told all the fighters i said in the ring i'm going to treat you like you're my son you know i just take care of you and that's what i told paris i met paris and i didn't that's, you that's know, good you, i love you, 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 you well the, the psychology i, I want to take that out of his mind and and then 
I, I did the bare knuckle fights last week in Florida, right? And I came back and I'm talking to Tyson. I said, man, I've done a bunch of interviews regarding this fight and everybody's concerned about the cut except you and I. <laughs> you know, so. And tonight it showed why. Tonight it showed why. Stitch, thank you very much. I God, know you're on your God way bless, out. Yeah, and uh, yeah. God bless you and uh, hopefully we'll catch up with you again soon. Of course, anytime. Hopefully in the UK, right? 100%. Yeah, yeah, let's do it, man. Take care. All right, cheers. Thank you, Stitch. All right. There's a very thin line between self-belief and self-delusion. And at the top levels of boxing, most fighters walk that line because you have to have so much self-belief in order to succeed at elite level that your actions and your thoughts can often look delusional to the average person. Because you are striving to do things which the average person can't do. So your mindset and your actions have to be exceptional. They have to be abnormal. Now, you're treading the line and you can easily slip over from self-belief into self-delusion. Tyson Fury, evidently, by his performance against Deontay Wilder, was still on the side of self-belief. Deontay Wilder, evidently, was firmly in the side of self-delusion. He was deluded. He was surrounded by fans who were delusional, by a team who were delusional, by a network delusional, by other fighters in his stable who were delusional in terms of Deontay Wilder's ability. Don't get it twisted. Deontay Wilder is still a tremendous fighter. Losing to Tyson Fury doesn't make him garbage all of a sudden. Okay, but he's not as good as he thought he was. And he needs to come to terms with the loss in order to be able to bounce back. And when you have built yourself up to such a degree and your ego is expanded beyond all uh, recognition, the fall from grace is especially tough to deal with when you're not rooted in any kind of reality. Because Wilder was so far gone from reality that now that he's seen what reality looks like, he doesn't recognize it. I think that it's going to be more difficult for Deontay Wilder to come back from defeat psychologically than it was for, let's say, Anthony Joshua. And the reason I say that is because Anthony Joshua was still grounded in reality, even going into the first Ruiz fight, because he'd previously talked about losing. 
And some people say that that's not a good mentality to have. Wilder said that that was a weak mentality that Anthony Joshua has talked about losing before. Now, in some ways, you can say, okay, the fact that he has contemplated defeat means that in certain situations, he might not fight that hard because he feels like it's inevitable he's going to lose. But when it comes to getting over a defeat, in his mind, he might have already contemplated how to get over defeat. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because he, he already was in touch with his own mortality. A guy like Wilder, who wasn't in touch with his own mortality, who really believed his own hype, he now has to reassess himself as a human being, as a fighter, who he really is, because he's just found out for himself that he's not who he thought he was. You understand? Whereas AJ knew that he could lose. He talked about it before. So the difference between who he thought he was and who he actually is, isn't that big for someone like AJ to bounce back. But for Wilder, there's a chasm between who he thought he was and who he actually is. That's why I think defeat will hit him harder than it hit AJ. Will he run it back in 12, well, let me not say 12 months, three months, six months with Tyson Fury, exercise the immediate rematch clause. In his heart of hearts, I don't think Wilder will want to. There might be a lot of pressure from PBC and Al Heyman to do so because they care about their bottom line, which is money. So I think there'll be a lot of pressure for Wilder to run it back. But in his heart of hearts and also in his team, because his team threw in the towel. There's a lot of Wilder fans apparently complaining about a premature stoppage. What I don't know what they're talking about. The ref didn't stop the fight. Wilder's team threw in the towel. That's why the referee, you know, waved it off because the team quit for Wilder on his behalf. So his team are not going to be wanting to take that rematch anytime soon. I have to imagine. The likes of Mark Breland, the likes of JDs. They'd rather go in a different direction. They'd rather, you know, take some tune-up fights, get his confidence back, keep building. In the post-fight interview, you heard Deontay Wilder already starting to make excuses, saying that there was issues in camp and all this kind of business. That doesn't surprise me. Because he's surrounded by so many yes-men, so many people blowing smoke up his backside, so many people massaging his ego. The humiliation of losing in that manner must be unbearable for a guy who was so high off his own fumes. If he'd been a little more realistic, a little more respectful of his competitors in the division, a little more grounded in reality about who he is and his own mortality, then, as I say, dealing with defeat might not be quite so difficult. But it's extremely difficult for a guy like Wilder, whose ego had got totally out of control. Hence why he's making all these excuses already in the post-fight interview. Oh, things are going on in camp and this, that, and the other. Not surprised by any of that. In fact, I'll be surprised if we don't see a lot more of it. A lot more stories, maybe not coming directly from Wilder himself, but from people in his team. Oh, he wasn't right, this wasn't right, and that wasn't right. Won't be surprised at all. Because he is having to completely reassess who he is. At this point, he's looking in the mirror and he doesn't recognize the person looking back at him. He thought that he was somebody else. He never thought he could lose. 
He thought that Tyson Fury was pillow fisted, etc., etc. So, as I say, from a psychological point of view, it's going to be real tough for him. You know, but as I say, and as I said in a separate video, he can't rely on his power so much. You know, in this fight, Deontay Wilder was so shocked by Tyson Fury's tactics that he really never got anything off. He was just waiting, waiting for the right hand. He was so shocked that Tyson Fury was coming at him the way he was. <laughs> Wilder never got anything going at all. He was just thinking, okay, you keep coming, you keep coming, and I'll wait for you with this right hand and I'll get you. The opportunity never came to get a real good right hand off. He neglected his jab completely, Deontay Wilder. And these are the things he's going to have to go back to if he's going to rebuild himself. He's going to need to not rely so much on power, use his jab more, Uses some movement. Because Wilder likes to, to stand there waiting for you with his feet planted. That's not always the best thing to do. Sometimes you want to get a bit light on your feet. Bounce around a little bit. You're in there with a 273 pound man. You don't need to hold your feet all the time. Let him hold his feet. You're lighter on your feet than him. You know, these are the kind of things he needs to learn. And, uh, Again, it's going to be a long process. Maybe he can't come back. Maybe because his ego was so big and the fall from grace was so hard that he'll never be the same again psychologically. At 34 years of age, it's going to be tough to come back for Deontay Wilder. I believe he's 35 this year. So he doesn't exactly have time on his side. But if he's the warrior who he said he is for all these years, then he will come back. So... Yeah, just a shoot on there, people, on <clears throat> the psychology of fighters and whether they're able to come back from defeats. It all depends on their mindset going into a fight before they lose. Are they grounded in reality? Are they just people who have a lot of self-belief or are they deluded? Because when you become delusional, genuinely delusional, that's when it becomes real difficult for you. So anyway, let me know what you guys think in the comment section below. It's Hatman, I'm out. Hatman merch is now available. We got t-shirts, vests, hoodies, and more. Just click the link below. Join me on Patreon. I upload a minimum of two podcasts every single week, covering a wide variety of controversial topics, as well as live stream Q&A sessions. Take a look on screen right now at some of the podcasts I've produced so far. For just $3 a month, the equivalent of about £2 a month, you get access to all my new podcasts and my entire back catalogue of past podcasts, including my popular Confessions of a Nightclub Bouncer series. You can listen on your computer or on your smartphone or tablet by downloading the Patreon app from the Google Play Store or the App Store for free. The Patreon app also allows you to download each podcast in MP3. For less than the price of a cup of coffee, you get access to dozens of hours of exclusive content. It's easy to sign up, there's no contract, and you can cancel at any time. So come and join our community of free and critical thinkers by signing up with me here on Patreon today.